it is to be able to be in the house of the Lord together and to just worship, but also to receive and hear the word of God. And today we're actually going to be starting a new sermon series on the book of Philippians. And uh, we're going to start right at the beginning in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the book of Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to read from uh, verses 3 uh, to 11. And uh, w- verses, we're going to read verses 3, then 5 to 11, 14, then 20 to 21. So just different parts of the first chapter of Philippians. So yeah, you can go ahead and open your Bibles for that. And uh, we, I'll be reading in English for us today. But if you have uh, God's word in Spanish, it's Philippians 1, verses 3 to 11. You can go ahead and follow along. Filipenses 1, 3 al 11, y el versículo 21. And so we can go ahead now and hear with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And verse 5, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Then verse 14, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord, and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And then finally, verses 20 to 21 of chapter 1. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your precious, precious word that is with us, Lord, that never forsakes us, Lord, that always speaks new life into us, God. And Lord, I just pray that today in the areas where we may feel a little bit empty, that you would fill us. Where we feel discouraged, 
May you encourage us, Lord. Where we feel tired, would you give us strength and endurance, Lord? A strength and endurance that is not from us, Lord, but that is from you, Lord Jesus. God, teach us a new way to live. Because for some of us, what we're doing is no longer working, God. So we need a new way. A new way to live, a new way to be human, God. Lord, the good work you began in us, Lord, you will bring in completion. So that is a reminder, God, that you're not done yet. You're not done with any of us yet, Lord God. And for that, we are grateful. Speak to us, God, in a way that is fresh and new and that opens our hearts and opens our minds, Lord, to who you are today and the work that you're doing in and through each one of us. Thank you. It's in the faithful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So we're starting this new series of teaching throughout the fall on the book of Philippians. Estamos empezando una enseñanza en el libro de Filipenses. And Philippians overflows with joy and thanksgiving. Those are some of the main themes in the book of Philippians. Joy, thanksgiving, gratitude, friendship, and support from God's family and one another. Paul, he, he knows that those that he's writing to in the Philippian church, they are the Philippians, he is writing to them, and in the time that he's writing to them, keep this in mind, some of the themes are joy, endurance, friendship, thanksgiving, but yet Paul is writing this letter to a group of people that were experiencing a lot of hardship a lot of challenges, a lot of setbacks, a lot of opposition. Does any of that sound familiar? That was happening to God's people back then. And the, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to encourage God's people, to encourage people that live in the realness and the rawness of life. People like you and me who know something about that, who know something about hardship, challenge, setback, opposition. If you didn't before in these last two years, you definitely have. <laughs> I know I have. The Apostle Paul knows that the people that he's writing to are experiencing all of those things. And he himself is also experiencing the same things. He's writing this letter from prison. That's a major setback. That's a major discouragement. That's a major difficulty. And yet, he appeals to his own life as an example of how to respond to hardship with joy. He's teaching God's people that there is a new way, there is a better way to respond to hardship and difficulty. And he says that that way begins with joy. In the midst of his difficulties, Paul actually boldly proclaims that Jesus is Lord. And that little phrase, Jesus is Lord, just a three-word phrase, is a phrase that has the power to change everything. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over the fear. Jesus is Lord over the hardship. Jesus is Lord over the challenges that you and I are experiencing. And that phrase, those three words, Jesus is Lord, 
is what actually give, gives Paul the boldness, the courage to tell them in verse 14 what he does, that you can proclaim and live the gospel without fear. Here the Apostle Paul is responding to hardship with joy and confidence. Paul is responding to the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is a new way to be human in God's kingdom. El camino, el camino de Cristo es un nuevo camino. We know that the, the old way of human, that we know what it's like to go the, the old way of being human because that's what we're used to. That's what we're born into. That's what we have done throughout our lives. When there's, a, when there's something scary, we give in to fear. We give in to defeat. But yet, in the new creation, in what the word of God is speaking of here, we're invited into a new way. The new way of Jesus. A new way of being human. And in this new way, the Lord Jesus sees you just as you are, in your pain, in your defeat, in your hardship, and he says, not so with you. That hard thing that you're going through, that will not be the last thing for you. That will not be the defining thing for you. Because there is a new way. There is a better way to be human when we abide and trust in Jesus. This new way that the Apostle Paul is pointing to in the book of Philippians is a way that leads to joy. And there are several things that Paul talks about with regards to joy here. He says that joy begins with gratitude. If we ever want to see God at work in life, that is one way to begin, begin with gratitude. What are you grateful for today? What is God doing in your life today? How is he living and active in your life today? A little bit about my journey. Uh, I've been in, 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 as a disciple of Christ. I surrendered my life to Christ now about 20 years ago. And, um, but about 10 years ago, halfway into that, I had a moment with the Lord where I realized that God was not done with me yet. Even though I had a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the information and a lot of the inspiration, but God was still at work in the transformation and continues to be at work in the transformation in my heart. Dios estaba haciendo la obra de transformación en mi corazón. And about 10 years ago, I had that realization, God is not done with me yet. Because the truth is that I had a lot of good things going for me at the time. Family, work, ministry. But I still had my own internal struggles. I still had my own issues. And some of those things, whether it was anger or depression or anxiety, I was unwilling to give to God. Because I had a love-hate relationship with my own internal struggles and my own internal issues. I thought, yeah, I don't like those things, but they're mine. God, you could have all of that. You could have all of the nice religious stuff. 
or the way I show up to everyone else. But that, those things, those internal things that I don't really let anyone else into, that, those internal struggles, those issues are my issues. They're almost like my babies. They're my ugly babies, but they're still my babies. But God insisted, no, you belong to me. So I want all of you just as you are. Friends, brothers, sisters, you belong to God. And he wants all of you just as you are. Amen. The inside and the outside, including all of the internal things that you're not too proud of, he wants all of that. He wants to make something new. He wants to make someone new. Part of what we celebrated last week that we're going to celebrate again in October, I'm so excited, it was baptism. Baptism is a sign of God's eternal promises to us no matter what. Baptism is a sign of new creation, of new beginning. And I'm thankful so much for Sister Elva and the journey she's been in over the past couple of years. Who Sister Elva is today is not who she was 10 years ago. It's not even who she was one year ago. And the same is for you. Who you are today is not who you were 10 years ago. And guess what? God is not done yet. Dios no ha terminado la obra en tu vida. God is not done yet, as we're reminded of this in verse 6, Philippians 1.6. Memorize that verse. Whenever you feel a setback in your life, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Be clear about that. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So what does that mean? Stop struggling. Just give it to him. Surrender. Yield. Trust him. He is with you. And the good work he began, he will bring into completion. In chapter 1, verse 3, here it talks about another part of joy. The Apostle Paul says this. He's thinking of his friends, of his fellowship, of his community. And he says this, I thank my God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So in this passage, we see that we can experience joy through community. We can experience joy through gospel partnerships, joy through friendships, through caring for one another, loving one another through being in community. Remember, that's part of the way of following Jesus. God comes in a package with the people of God, as frustrating and annoying as that may be at times. 
But if we want to experience the joy and the love of God, we're called to do that within the context of community. Paul, at the end of his life, he looks back and remembers the people that God had placed in his life, the Philippian church, and he's moved with this deep affection. He has fond memories of them. He's grateful for them. He has deep friendships throughout his life. Now ask yourself that same question. Don't you want to have that same ability, that same connection? Don't you want to have those authentic and deep relationships, those friendships that produce joy every time you think about them? Gospel partnerships, gospel friendships are formed through shared identity and shared purpose, and all of that multiplies joy in our lives. Now, the people that Paul was talking about were actually very different than him. They weren't people that would have just been his best friends or had everything in common, were into the same sports and music, all of that. You know, that's good, but the deepest friendships that he was talking about were some of the people that he got to be on mission with in the Philippian church. People like Lydia that we read about in Romans 16 or the Roman jailer. Now, they were very different than each other, but they shared that identity in Christ, their purpose in the same God who had called them. Their connection, their gospel partnership, their friendship was not based on money or status or position or tribe or language. It was a new identity that was formed through receiving forgiveness from Christ by faith. Christ's love poured into, when, when, when the love of Christ pours into our hearts, that's really the basis of our gospel partnerships, of our gospel friendships and relationships. And we say that here a lot at Imago Church, that that's who we are. We're an unlikely community brought together by Christ. But we have a common identity and a common purpose. That means that we have gospel partnerships. We have gospel friendships that could never be shaken. Joy and gratitude are what lead to openness and to hope through restored relationships with God and with each other. When we say yes to Jesus, Jesus begins a mission to transform us from the inside and the outside as well. When we put our hands up in surrender, I want you to remember this. When you surrender to God and put your hands up, he doesn't leave you hanging. He holds your hand. And he holds you up. Because Jesus came on a mission to seek us, to save us, to transform us. Now the question for you and I is, will we join him in that mission? Will you join him in, the, in that mission? This will bring about new friendships, new connections, new partnerships, new relationships with others who are also on a similar mission. The extent to which I'm willing to be on mission with Jesus and open my heart and my hands for others, that will be the extent to which I will enter into the joy of Christ. Other expressions of joy that we see here in the book of Philippians, in chapter 1, verse 21, 
which is a very famous verse that maybe some of us learned or heard but haven't taken time to really meditate on and reflect on what it actually means. Verse 121 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Wow, really? That's part of the call, para mí vivir es Cristo. That is the call, to live is Christ, to die is gain. One of the biggest reasons that some people can walk away from God is because of their suffering, challenges, setbacks, or just the evil that's in the world. But I've seen it go both ways, to be honest. I've seen some people run away from God in their challenges, in their suffering. I've seen others draw closer and more intimate to God in their challenges. Now we have those choices when it comes to those moments. I can either say my will or your will be done. I can take on the same posture of Paul here in this passage that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Sometimes when some people walk away in their challenge and in their suffering, they wonder how could this be? How could a good God allow such suffering in my life or in the world? Some of us look fine on the outside, but we have sadness and disappointment on the inside. Or we're dealing with grief, with pain, with unanswered prayers, with frustration, with sickness, with trials, with various kinds of, of issues and challenges. Now the gospel is the power of God that gives us joy in all circumstances. The power of God that gives us joy even in the midst of the toughest seasons in life. Now how could that be possible? In this passage, the Apostle Paul is, he's falsely accused, he's imprisoned, he's chained, he's awaiting trial, and in the end, he even dies in captivity, but he says that his circumstances have given him reasons to rejoice. So how can we experience joy even in our suffering, even in our setbacks and challenges? Well, first we need to begin by looking to Christ. By seeing Paul's slogan here in Philippians, by that phrase, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In that setback, in that challenge, seeing joy in the suffering can begin by fixing our eyes on Jesus and remembering, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I may not be able to fix the situation. I may be powerless over it. But for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That was the Apostle Paul's slogan that kept him going, that kept him enduring, that gave him the joy of the Lord that was his strength. His end goal, his slogan was not to be successful or to make more money or to get settled or get some career goal. For him to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because he will be with Christ forever. 
So that's another verse for you to be able to hold on to your heart. Let it be ingrained into your body, into your bones. Memorize it. Pray it. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because the truth is this. Looking to anything other than Jesus Christ as a source of our life, anything that we want to be our ultimate goal that is not Jesus, this is, that will actually only be a temporary happiness. All worldly success will be there temporarily, but it will come and it will go. It is not true joy. So how about for you? Maybe this is a moment for you to pray, think about, examine that in your life. Where are you looking or who are you looking to for true joy, for real significance in your life? What is your main desire in this life? What do you long for that you think to yourself, if I only have that, everything will be okay? Well, just be careful with that. Just as I've learned in the past and I've shared here before, remember, the only thing worse than never getting what you've always wanted is actually getting it and then dealing with that. <laughs> so what do you long for? If, you're, if our answer, if when we're honest, if it's anything other than Christ, then we have to pause and repent. We have to give that to God, whatever that is. And second, we see here in this passage that we are able to experience joy when we look outside of ourselves. That's kind of interesting, right? Because that's very different than what we can hear sometimes be worldly wisdom, right? The way that which says, well, when you have a challenge, just look in, in deep into your heart and whatnot. Yeah, that will work, but then we need to take a step beyond that, outside of ourselves. Because here's the truth about just looking at myself all the time. When you and I just look at our pain and suffering, that's going to lead to more despair and frustration. Instead, God is calling us to look outside of ourselves. Look outside of yourself to see what God is doing. Not just what you're feeling and experiencing, that's important to name, but that can't have the claim on our entire life. Take that next step. Look outside of yourself to see the, what God is doing outside of you, in you, through you. Look at God's people and see how they have responded in the midst of suffering and challenge in their life. Looking outside of yourself to see how you can be an encouragement and blessing to others. Even when you're not feeling it, you can bless and love and serve someone else. So that's part of the source of joy. Yes, look internally, but don't just stop there. Take the next step. Look outside of yourself. Just as the Lord's Prayer says, for yours, Lord, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. If I'm only looking inside of myself, that's part of the problem. I'm powerless. I don't have the power. So what is the solution? Power. Look to God. Look to the one who is able. So 
here's one of my questions for us this morning. Where are you looking for joy? ¿Dónde estás buscando el gozo? Where are you looking for joy? The book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who endured the cross for the joy set before him. Now the word of God, the gospel invites us and gives us the strength not only to endure our momentary pain and suffering, but to do it with great joy. Not to just get through it or getting by or whatever it is, but to do it with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. How could this be possible? How is it possible to have true and lasting joy no matter what? Well, what we see here in the book of Philippians in this new way to live, this new way to be human, is this invitation to remember that the joy of Jesus Christ is not based on our circumstances, but it is experienced despite our challenging circumstances. Joy is actually a fundamental characteristic of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. As people of God, that's one of the main fruits of the Spirit, joy. You and I ought to taste joyfully when we encounter others. As C.S. Lewis once said, joy is the serious business of the kingdom of God. So if you're serious about God, then we are called to be serious about joy in all seasons. Now let's remember this joy is not just some fake happiness. Joy is not just what we, we post online or our blog or whatever it may be. Joy is actually walking and abiding in the peace of Christ that goes beyond understanding. Again, joy is not just some cheap religious phrase or talk or whatever it is, but joy is a freedom. A freedom to be lighthearted in the worst of times. We have this invitation from God to go that next level in our faith through experiencing a childlike joy and trust. Some of you know what childlike joy and trust is because you remember it in your life or you've been a parent and you remember that with your children or you've seen it with uh, children around you. And that's part of why Jesus says you must be like one of these and to enter into the kingdom of God to have that childlike faith and joy. Just an example of that as we uh, just um, prepare to, to pray and conclude. But in January, one of the most I, I got to experience in January 2021, along with my family, Charlotte, myself, and the boys, we got to experience one of the most intense snowstorms that we've seen in this part of the country in the last several years. My family and I were going up to Shaver Lake. I, I shared this story with some of you up in the Sierra Mountains, and it was pretty intense. It was a snowstorm like I had never experienced in my entire life. 
But, you know, we kept going. Uh, we were going uphill in the snow with my little Honda Odyssey. That's not four-wheel drive. It's a little minivan, but, but that thing is a beast, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've driven it everywhere in all conditions. And as we were going uphill in the snow, guess what happened? All of the wheels just started spinning. The van was no longer moving. The wheels were just spinning. And literally, I tell you, I was flooring the accelerator to the maximum, and they were just spinning in place. We were going nowhere really fast. Nowhere at all. And I came out, and I realized that one of the chains had come off. So I went out in the snowstorm and was putting the chain back on the tire. And Charlotte and I, we took a moment to pause and pray, but she needed to be in the van with the kids. She couldn't really do much, and we just had a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old in the back and no one around in any direction to help us. But in that moment, as I kept trying to fix the issue with the tire, I'll be honest with you, I was anxious. I was tired. I was overwhelmed. I was fearful, honestly. It was one of those moments in life, you've probably had those before, where you know you think to yourself, this is not good. This is really bad. <laughs> this, this may be it. <laughs> so there was that fear that settled in, and the whole time as I was working on that, our boys were in the back seat, and they were actually just rejoicing. And I was hearing their sweet laughter. They had joy because they had a mindset. They knew that dad was with them. Now, in reality, I, dad in that case, had no idea what I was doing. And I was almost at a breaking point. I was going to break down. But yet the mindset of my children's laughter was, it's okay. Dad's got it. Dad's with us. It's going to be all right. I don't know how, I don't know when, but we're going to be all right. Now eventually, an angel came a highway patrol officer <laughs> came and helped me and safely we got to our destination. But friends, brothers, sisters, next level faith calls for childlike joy and childlike trust. No matter what you're going through, our Abba, our Daddy, God our Fathers got it. He's got you. That means it's going to be all right. We don't know how, we don't know when, but we're going to be all right. The Father holds you in his arms, and that's the safest place you can possibly be. We're going to be all right, and that's the confidence we have and the true joy that we have in Jesus Christ. The confidence that no matter what we're experiencing now, God is not done yet. God is not done with you. And part of the true joy that he is developing in you is a joy not based on situation, 
circumstance, or feeling. Right now, we all have different situations, circumstances, and feelings. Now tell me this. The situation, circumstance, and feeling that you're experiencing now, was that the exact same thing you were experiencing a year ago? Or two years ago? Or ten years ago? Maybe in some ways, maybe in others it wasn't. But those things come and go like water flowing. The true joy that Jesus is inviting us into is not a joy based on any of those things. Situations, circumstances, feelings, they come and go and go but it is a, the joy of the Lord is a joy that's based on trust. A trust that God's got you. That he's, he will be God. He will be our Father and that he keeps his promises. That's where joy comes from. The fact that you and I have a God, have a Father that keeps his promises and his promise is what the Apostle Paul reminds us of here, here in Philippians 1.6. His promise is this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you because you keep your promises. You never let go, God. And no matter what storm or challenge that we're going through right now, I pray, Lord, that we would dare to take that next step of next level faith, God, which is that childlike faith and joy that says, it's all right. Our Father holds us in his arms. Our Abba, our Daddy, God the Father is with us. And we don't know how, we don't know when, but we do trust that he brings all things together and that it's going to be all right. that peace of Christ, Lord, that goes beyond feeling, circumstance, situation. That true joy, Lord. Where we can see you, Lord, even in the pain, even in the challenge, we can see you at work. And where we can see your face, Lord, even in our friendships and fellowship with your people, God. Lord, teach us your way. Teach us a new way. Enseñanos un nuevo modo, un nuevo camino. up our hands and surrender, God, may we know, Lord, that you don't leave us hanging, but you, you take our hand and you lead us and you guide us, God, to where we need to go and who we need to be and who we're called to be. So right now, Lord, that's our prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of trust. It's a prayer of letting go and letting God be God. It's a prayer of giving God all of those internal things. Those things we don't let anyone else into. Those things we're not proud of. 
give it to him. He will take it. He will renew it. He will restore it all for his purposes. We love you, Lord, and we pray all of this, God, with joy and with confidence, Lord, that he who began a good work in us will bring it into completion until the day of Christ Jesus, and it's in